Welcome to Bai Yen, a podcast about the intersection between American and Taiwanese culture. I'm Joe. With me is Jack. Hello, everyone. Anna. Hello. And today's special guest, Ryan. Hi there. How's it going? Are you asking me? Yeah, everyone. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah? Anna, how are you doing? Good. Yeah? Jack? We, we are good. Yeah? But what's your name, special guest? Ryan is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to go by the name Ryan for the, for the purposes of this interview. <laughs> yeah. So you guys heard about the uh, spacecraft launch this week? No, tell me about it. What happened? I know you guys have been following. I don't following. read the news. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been following it, Jack. Yes, uh, yes, Tell yes. us what happened. Yeah, the SpaceX, uh, the Elon Musk company, they just uh, launched a Starship, and it's the first time to test flight. So uh, it's launched successfully at the beginning, but uh, after around three to four minutes, it exploded. Yeah. So it, I think it's spectacular. <laughs> really? Yeah. You, you didn't feel disappointed? No. No? Why? No. Uh, because I think at the beginning, the people don't expect it will success at the first test flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think just seeing it can fly to the air, to the space, it's excited enough. Yeah, Elon Musk said even clearing the launch pad, he looked at it as a success. Yes. Uh, what was your response, Anna? At the first beginning, I'm disappointed. <laughs> But I don't know why people are clapping. <laughs> they are so happy, like it is exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched some like the uh, YouTube and explain how the tech behind this, and I think it's amazing. What was your response, Ryan? Literally nothing. I didn't. I didn't know about it at all. Oh, you didn't know about it. You didn't follow it. No, you're telling. I'm learning about it right now. Well, what's your what's your response now that you found out? It sounds like a privatized spaceship. Yeah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably a bad thing. Really? Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> We're spreading capitalism to space, which oh. is uh, probably not a good thing. You think we should be space communists? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should focus on the uh, the ground we have beneath us first. Mm. Get that sorted out before we go up. Yeah, Musk's whole mission statement with it is that we need to become an interplanetary species so that if and when a disaster befalls life here on Earth, then, you know, we're we're not subject to the whims of any one given planet like if a super volcano were to erupt or a nuclear war were to break out um his goal is that humanity should live on um you know uh, up to you whether or not you think you think that's possible or a good thing or if those funds could be put to better use but um yeah apparently multiple engines on the shuttle failed to fire and that was what sent it into a tumble at around four minutes and some odd seconds so overall it seems like like a success um if, if you guys had the opportunity to go to mars and you were promised that you would get a nice chunk of Martian soil uh, to pass down to your your future, <laughs> you know, inheritors. Uh, would you go? If is, uh, I'm assuming the flight was safe, relatively safe. I will go when I'm 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna wait until you've had a nice long life first. Yes. Yeah? Yes. I I need to wait until I know. I don't expect much on Earth, <laughs> so I will go. <laughs> And you think you could live uh, inside of a bubble in a inside of a building, never step foot outside again? I think it's okay. Really? If I have a company, uh -huh. it's okay. Anna, are you going with him? Yeah, I think I can go now because I don't have any <laughs> expectations for on Earth things. So wow! Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so you're ready? Yeah. Even though the shuttle blew up in four minutes, you're gonna buy a ticket. <laughs> I think that one really like scared me. Like, did it? Oh, oh my god! If I'm there, I will. I just die. Yeah. 
Full minis. Mm. It'd be an instantaneous death, so. <laughs> yeah, painless. Zero suffering. <laughs> yeah. well, w- I, I, I guess uh, I know the question, but w- would you go? Absolutely not. Why not? Zero interest at all. No interest in living on Mars? No, there's so much to explore on Earth that, wh- why? But I guess maybe in the Mars, you're very good at the bouldering. Like, so many things <laughs> you can <Yeah>. do. No <laughs> gravity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can be the very first guy to climb all those Martian peaks. Olympus Mons. Yeah, we got to put the uh, what grade are the the Martian? Yeah, you get you'll get to grade them and system. name them all. You know, yeah. and you can make the history. That yeah. was a first generation. I have zero interest for history. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've already started uh, apparently selling tickets to some uh, rich tourists to do moon flybys with future shuttles, and NASA has already booked a flight with you know for the future for some uh, for n- the next moonwalk. So first, the plan is to take one of these shuttles to the moon, test that out, deliver some supplies there, and hopefully eventually Mars. I think it's cool. I'm super into science fiction, and I love when that stuff becomes reality. Uh, I think the goal of becoming interplanetary species is awesome. It is true. There's a lot of problems we have here on Earth we need to solve. Um, but it's also nice to have a dream, you know, of... Mm-hmm. of like when you watch the old movies, they're like 2023 and like people are in flying cars and, uh-huh. you know, doing all this futuristic stuff. And then you look around you're like, what, what, where's my, where's the future I was promised? You I know? mean, they do have flying taxis that are currently being bought. Really? Yeah. Tokyo company is uh, selling flying taxis to private people. Really? Cool. Yeah, they're starting the orders from like, I don't know exactly when, but hmm. I just read about that. Finally, it's about time. So we're in the future already, Joe. Yeah. There's no need to... It's not like the one I to wish for it. <laughs> but at least we have Facebook. <laughs> In these decades, we this, have social media. <laughs> this was not the future I dreamt of, Jack. Artificial intelligence and interplanetary species. That's more what I'm talking about. Yes. I mean, we're, we got both of those checked off. We're, AI is on in the way. It's in its infancy. I don't know if chat GPT, uh, it's definitely not an AGI, in my opinion, and... Uh, it's, it's the twinklings, the beginnings. But the exponential growth is what's the amazing possibility for that technology. But Okay. So uh, with us today, Ryan, um, so we want to take the opportunity to get to know you a little bit, ask you some questions, get oh your perspective. Yeah, we love interviewing Americans about their knowledge of and their perception of Taiwan. Um, I've interviewed a lot of members of my family, friends of mine. We've gotten some interesting perspectives. But yeah, we thought we'd bring you on here today. You know, you live here in Japan. So probably a little more knowledgeable than the average person about Taiwan. but um, I hope so. Yeah, you would hope so. But you know, before you met Jack and Anna, what, was, what did you know about Taiwan? Um, I would say the most I knew about Taiwan was from playing World of Warcraft, interestingly enough. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a big thing. A lot of Taiwanese people play World of Warcraft, and I have been friends with multiple Taiwanese who play World of Warcraft, and also Chinese people in the same like group. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a very interesting uh, dynamic that goes on there. Really? What's the dynamic? Like Taiwan number one is, <laughs> is the, the number one way to upset any Chinese gamer, which ah. is always very interesting. But talking to um, Chinese people about Taiwan is also very interesting because they just give a, a completely different perspective than what everyone else has in the world because that's what they're you know fed in, in China. It's very interesting. Wow. So online this uh you know uh, cultural difference is being lived out so that was your experience of taiwan yeah was the you, online rivalry and it's that moment where cultures mix mm-hmm. in, in an unfiltered way it's very interesting and are are you aware that um in the event of uh an invasion of taiwan that the u.s has pledged its military support to uh, defend taiwan 
Yeah, and I'm not so worried about that. I'm more worried about the place that I live in now, Japan. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, who would also then, by proxy, be in, in a war? Well, what's your concern? Um, I mean, war. We are very close to uh, China in here in Japan, and that would be uh, easily launched missiles could could reach where we are, which is a bit worrying, I would say. Yeah, well, I mean, theoretically, if if missiles start flying between any two major national powers. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just a matter of time before you yeah. know, you're affected. But yeah, I, I understand how you feel. Um, do you think, I mean, do you agree with that political position of the United States? Do you understand why they've chosen to do that? That's, a, that's an interesting question. But I like to ask because I wouldn't know if I hadn't met Jack and Anna and learned so much about Taiwan. It wasn't something I totally understood. But, you know, I, I always find it interesting to talk to Americans who a lot of them are aware that we would go to war in the event of a of an invasion but then the the why behind it is is a mystery for a lot of people so i'm just curious yeah well and then the actual why is a, a bigger mystery i guess the proposed why is that uh it's defending democracy is always the the thing that's spouted on the news but that's not the truth i would assume it's but what more, do you think the truth is more an economic reason or the semiconductors in taiwan runs the world it's 90 percent or so is that is that true yeah 90% of the semiconductors, and those run literally the economy. And so that's why it's uh, such a hot place. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. You guys mm. think that's accurate? Yeah, the advanced uh, semiconductor, the Taiwan's TSMC, TSMC company, uh, their uh, market share is around 90%. Yeah, but I just want to mention one more point. Actually, this semiconductor is not the sexy or the hot industry that you imagine now. <laughs> it, it was it was not a, it was very troublesome industry. It was something that American or European they don't want to do, like make your hand dirty. It need a lot of discipline and focus. And that's you, not good for Americans. Yes, yes. So <laughs> we actually we are kind of doing the job for Americans. So you focus on marketing, designing, and we would do the dirty job, make our hands dirty, because mm. that's the strategy we learn from Japan. Because Japan in the nineteen nineties, they will try to be competitive to American, so they occupy a lot of market shares like a design portion, but the American start to censor Japan's product. After that, our strategy becomes that, okay, we won't be competition with you. We will uh, do the job you don't want to do. Do your but, dirty work. Yes. Mm. But somehow, after decades, this dirty work become somehow sexy. The most <laughs> integral, necessary dirty work. Well, it's an influential job. And, and this is kind of the story, too, of the United States and other Western countries exporting the manufacturing to first China and the big boom that happened there, obviously with semiconductors to Taiwan. And now it seems like that same process is continuing, but Southeast Asia seems to be where a lot of the manufacturing is going now. Yeah, Indonesia. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Guitar, I, I mean, I know only about guitars, but guitars are now uh -huh. all getting made in Indonesia. Is that right? Yeah, that's like the competitor to China for the cheap but a little higher quality guitars. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think it's a good point you make, though, Jack, is that yeah. now it's the hot topic and everyone, now all of a sudden the United States has become interested in doing yes. manufacturing yes. in the U.S. and everyone's focus is on this industry, but it was the job nobody wanted. Yes. And Taiwan turned it into their uh, ace card. Yeah, actually, they found an interesting point is that uh, Japan Semiconductor compared to American Semiconductor in 1990s, Japan's uh, production yield is always higher. 
and they start to dive into the difference between two countries.、Mm. And they found that Japan they use the people who graduate from university or even master degree, and American they use the people who graduate like maybe maybe high school or junior high school. So they say, okay, so the employee they use different kind of degree, and then Taiwan we use our best. People into this industry.、Oh. Yes, the tier one students. Yeah, we all will go to a semiconductor. Yeah,、oh. just like、uh, America, maybe your tier one the student will go to Tesla or Apple. That's their dream job. In Taiwan, we our dream job is so. That, well, <laughs> that, it's interesting you mentioned mentioned Tesla. There there is a lot. I mean, designers、yes. maybe are tier one, but the 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 big bulk of people who work in Tesla. I worked in the in a Tesla Gigafactory briefly.、Oh. Is white collar,、uh-huh. uneducated people. Wow. Like, yeah, people with like high school degrees,、uh, and they get kind of lured into this high paying、um, situation because it's very very high paying, especially related to、uh, to like the my hometown.、Um, Reno, Nevada has the, the Gigafactory. It's the biggest、uh, battery、oh, manufacturing、yeah. factory in the world. Or was,、um, but that most of the people that work there are not high quality people,、I、and、see. most of them hate their job. But it's、I、the think, paycheck that brings them there. Yeah, yeah. I think that is related to the production line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if it, if it's related to the manufacturing, I think the employee requirement is not so high. Well, the other factor we should mention is it's not just about you know what quote unquote quality of employee they have there. It's what kind of Payment are they offering? Right, that's、yes. a big reason why the manufacturing move. It's not just that Americans aren't willing to do manufacturing. That's part of it. Is that the companies weren't willing to pay American wages for、oh. the manufacturing? Right. In the United States, we have a decent amount of labor laws. You have to give you know certain benefits. When a company looks at how much they can employ someone for in the United States and compares it to Mexico, Southeast Asia, China, I mean, to them, it's it's just day and night. You know, you can employ、yeah. someone to work in a factory abroad much, much more cheaply. So it's not just what people are willing to do; it's what is the company willing to pay them. And when you look at a country like the United States with a fairly developed economy, the opportunities that are there for you, you know, why would I go work in a factory for this kind of money when I can, you know,、yes. go do some other job, like you said, something white collar that、uh, is not so hard, doesn't have so many hours, and that you get better pay and benefits for. So it's not just what people are willing to do; it's what companies are willing to pay. Yes, yes, good and, point. And do you think that、um, the salaries that For example, these workers get in Taiwan. Are they pretty competitive? How do they compare to、uh, globally? No, they are com- competitive in Taiwan. What they, about what about globally? Globally, no, no. no. So you also, can't、really、compare. I mean, like it, the salary is can only be compared within the country, and right, you can't yeah, compare amongst. Well, we are like a, as an English teacher. I don't make a lot of money compared to like an American English teacher, but my quality of life. Is much much higher than it would be if I was a teacher in America. Right. Yeah. There, there's I, all those other factors about what country you're living in and what the standards of living are and how far your money goes. But it's also a global economy, and these companies are making decisions where they're going to have their factories based on what they can get away with paying people there. So yeah, as far as like, their bottom dollar goes. That's, right. That's right. What they always、yeah. count. So so that's another factor, right? Is、yep. the the wages that Taiwanese workers are willing to accept, and then what sort of Yeah, quality of living. We don't have、that. so much industries, like so many options. We just mentioned Tesla. Actually, now many people, many politicians in Taiwan, they keep yelling, "We need this industry. We need <laughs> space, <laughs> like the orbit satellite. <laughs> yeah, we need、jump. to do it." But but the fact is, we are not good at engines. Like our engines may be behind, like United States, maybe two decades. 
I think every country have their own destiny or their limitation. I think. But I think it makes sense to diversify. I mean, obviously, the future of the semiconductor industry is going to change. There's all this manufacturing being put up in the United States. China itself is also increasing its manufacturing. So I think diversifying makes sense on some level. We talked about the offshore wind turbines. Yes. Um, for renewable energy that Taiwan is pursuing, I think that's wise because uh, it's it's working great for them now, but it won't always be the case. Hmm. So, well, I, I would say compared to the average American, uh, you're you're pretty spot on and definitely much more knowledgeable about Taiwan than you know most people I, that I interview, um, especially who are not living in Japan. Um, what's your experience been like moving from the U.S. to Asia? What's the cultural shift been like? Oh man, I've been here so long; it's hard to say. <laughs> it's been five, five and a half years. But uh, for me, it was a—I mean, obviously, I've been here a long time, so that kind of answers the question that it was easier for me to live in Asia than it was in America. I think the the simplest thing is I feel more comfortable, especially in Japan. The Um, just the general like safeness, the cleanliness, uh, the general uh, attitude of people out on the street. There's a lot more aggression, I would say, in America. Um, like if you go out drinking at a bar, there's like this tension in the air, and I don't feel that in in um, Japan. And so that's a huge thing. I just so, feel sorry, what's, what's tension? Tension. Yeah, it it feels like you're gonna fight somebody. Oh really? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I would say so. And uh, it depends, obviously, what bar. Not every place, yeah, you know. Okay. But there is a lot of places where you'll walk in, and there's just this like kind of machismo tension. Oh, and I see. Yeah, yeah. I would say that Japan is definitely much, much more safe than the states. You know, almost anywhere you go here, you feel comfortable and safe. And the U.S. is it's a big country. It's very diverse, right? There's some areas that do feel that way. There's a lot of areas that don't. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, can, I can understand I, where it's coming from. I actually can't speak too clearly about America because I've only been to California and Nevada mostly. I've been to five, you, only five states total. Where are you from originally? From Reno, Nevada. Oh, okay. Well, what's that like? What's it like there? Uh, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Reno is famous or infamous, I guess. Uh, Reno 911 is a very famous show, which is actually not shot in Reno, but they do capture the, the kind of feeling of Reno really Which well. is? Uh, insanity, craziness. <laughs> Reno was famous for being the divorce capital of the world or of, of America. Um, there was, it's really, there's a very famous bridge where uh, Marilyn Monroe threw like a wedding ring off. There are many people threw wedding ring offs. Um, it's very easy to get married in Nevada. You can get married in a day and divorced in the same day. <laughs> and that's Express. like, it's something that does happen. Yeah. Do you guys? What do you guys know about Reno? Do you know anything about it? No. Never heard of it. No. Probably so, the uh, yeah, Las Vegas is the more. Yeah, known. it's kind yeah. of like Las Vegas Junior. Oh. Is how Americans think of Reno. It's it's in the same state. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I hope I'm not offending you. <laughs> no, I mean that, that. I'm just saying that's our perception where I'm you, from. When that's we think true. Of, when we think of Reno, we think of it's like a little offshoot of Las Vegas because they also have lots of gambling there. Um, I've actually been to Reno. When, when I when I was there, I saw a lot of housing developments going up, so it's growing quite a bit. I took yeah. a, I took a beautiful hike um, out on the edge. It was really nice. Um, but then when I went into a casino in town, yeah, it was it was awful. No, it, Reno is is aware, acutely aware of its craziness, and actually proud of it. There's keep Reno weird is a <laughs> is a thing that was like a hashtag that was going around a while ago. Yeah, the place the casino I went to there was pretty weird 
So what, which one did you go? Do you remember the name? I can't remember the name. I can just tell you that there is a, a lot of methamphetamine in the air. <laughs> it smells like piss. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It was like a lot of uh, scary looking characters, a lot of weirdness. I mean, I had a nice time, but it's it's not. It wouldn't be the top of my list of places to return to. No, I yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> we we can be hard on our hometowns, you know. You, you don't even get me started on where I'm from. Renoites will not get upset hearing. Okay, this good. Stuff. They're, people are not very proud of Reno, really? but they. I mean, they're. But they like like it. It's an interesting thing. They're not proud of it. They're not proud of the weirdness, but they accept it. It's a very accepting place. It's very interesting. They're just like, oh, it's weird. We can't change it. <laughs> just move on. So, so going from that to Japan, that's got to be a, a huge culture shift. Yeah, in a good way, I would say. For, Any, me, per, for me personally. Not right. for everybody, but for me personally, yeah. Are there, what would you say the drawbacks are culturally and the differences between where you're from and here? Um, definitely the, uh, the strictness of, of like cultural expectations. Uh, like we just talked about, Reno is very weird, and there's very little cultural expectation. Um, but in Japan, there's pretty severe cultural expectations. Um, but I don't know. For me, that was not a not a problem. But if that was if that is an issue for somebody, I would not recommend coming to Japan and living here. What's a good example of like cultural expectations? Especially work expectations. Um, like I don't know, gifts. Gift giving is a really big thing, and if you don't do it, you're going to upset people. Um, or down to like minute details, like mask wearing is still such a prevalent thing and it's not like everyone knows that it's not necessary for you know corona or whatever anymore it's just more like a cultural expectation now that people are keeping up um so those kind of things are very slow to change and you kind of have to just follow them in japan or you could not but you're gonna upset people so you have to think about how much you're willing to upset people (laughs) but you survived well i survived well i guess yeah what would you guys say as far as like, uh, oh, can I ask questions? Of course. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. There's no rules. What is the opposite coming from Taiwan? I will say Japan is more civilization. Uh, actually, all, all the culture, we don't feel shocked because uh, like, like Asia share similar cultures. We are too polite, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the Japan's their style is more civilization. They will try to make everything clear and mm. in some house of older. In Taiwan, Taiwanese people sometimes be being very rude. I, I mean really? on the street or in the working space. They they can be very rude. Really? Interesting. They, especially the traffic. Like Taiwan has like maybe each city have one million motorcycle riders. Oh, so wow. it's a crazy thing. So in, in Japan the, the traffic is in very nice order. Yeah, order is very important in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for people who don't like order, you shouldn't come to Japan, I think, because it's going to be forced on you. Yeah, and then one surprise thing is that uh, Japan invests so much into the infrastructure. Yeah. Like, uh, even even now, the place we live in, Hiroshima, has many roads building, and uh, every road actually renew very often. So I think yeah. this kind of infrastructure is we, we don't see in Taiwan. And it's a good thing because somehow I think it can eliminate the wealth gap. Even the poor people can have the uh, good water and the road and yeah. the, the, the sunshine maybe. Yeah, in Japan, yeah. There's, there's no place that you can't drink the tap water. And there's some cities, even in America, which is a very rich country, that you cannot drink the tap water. 
Mm. And that's like a, I mean, that's something that we kind of take for granted, right? But it's like, that's a really, like you said, the infrastructure is very important. Yeah. And the roads in America are absolute dog turd <laughs> in a lot of places. <laughs> you just have potholes that will just be, uh, you guys know what a pothole is? It's like a, like a hole in the road. Uh-huh which is very dangerous for your car. Yeah. And they'll just be there for years. Mm. And in Japan, those regularly get fixed, which is a really nice thing. I, I used to ride a motorcycle and yeah, hot potholes will destroy you. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yes, yeah. yes. And besides the physical infrastructure, the governmental infrastructure to the, the bureaucracy here, compared to bureaucracy in America anyways, is a, a joy to deal with. Like the government offices, if you need to get your visa extended, whatever you have to do. They're always very kind. They want to help you. They'll help you fill out forms. They'll have English-speaking translators available. I mean, they re- the government really does a fantastic job here, I would say, of, um, you know, the bureaucracy can be kind of slow somewhat. Yeah, it's but, laborious, but... But it, it does nice, what it's supposed to do. Laborious. They treat you well. And yeah, I mean, compared to having... Anytime you have to go to a governmental office in the United States, you're just dreading it. It's yeah, going to be a nightmare. The DMV is, I mean... How, and has that joke come to Taiwan, the DMV? You guys so DMV know. is Department of Motor Vehicles. It's where you go to get your um, your driver's license. Uh-huh. But it's it's infamous for being just like a, a hellacious place to go. When you go to the DMV, you're in for a bad day. Oh, it, we don't have this kind of joke. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> when we go to DMV, we go to get our license. Oh, yeah, no. You, it's a whole experience. What? It's a yeah. suffering. It's a true suffering, yeah. yeah. And this is the case for almost every bureaucratic office in the United States you have to go through. Yeah. So that's another nice thing about it. It's not just their physical infrastructure, but their their bureaucratic infrastructure well as well is excellent here. That is very true. I see. Yeah, so uh, in my case, somehow I live in Japan and survive, I think, well, because I have this kind of foreigner shield when <laughs> Japanese want to attack me. By their, you know, by their culture, strict culture, I would say, sorry, I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about Japan that's nice. You can just ignore it and there's yeah. no consequences, really. Mm. But that, you'd have to be willing to be not liked by other people, mm. I think. And yeah. then it's fine to live in Japan. You, you, you can need do to, any situation. <laughs> you need to accept that you will forever become outsider. Yeah, But exactly. if you yeah. can bear it. Then it's a really good place to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a really good place to live. <laughs> I had a friend who couldn't do that. He he hated that being an outsider. Well, anyway. I I think from actually most Americans, I've seen a lot of Americans come and go here. Yeah, and that not just being an outsider from the culture, but yeah, just the general sense you get in Japan, it feels like a very cold and distant place. You know, um, especially compared to America. Yeah, compared to America, coming from American culture, I think that's the hardest thing about living here is that you often just feel lonely. You know, it's difficult to make friends. Uh, People, you know, you don't really talk to strangers that much. Like in America, you know, strangers talk to each other all the time, have (laughs) conversations with people in line or on buses. Here, you don't do that so much. People don't open up and share much about themselves. They don't tell you their true thoughts all the time. People are not physically affectionate here in the U.S. You know, it's normal to hug your friends. At least in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's the single hardest thing about living here is, yeah, feeling both mentally and physically isolated. Yeah. You have to be prepared for that situation, I guess. Yeah. It's Um, different. Or, I mean, I think the biggest problem that I've seen is, is, uh, people don't learn Japanese, which will really, you're going to be way isolated if you don't speak any Japanese. Yes. How about for you, Anna? For me, I I think the being the outsider is also the things I don't like. Uh Uh-huh. Another thing I don't like is about the, but maybe it's the good thing. It's the ambiguity. When I talk with my boss, 
he just give me not clear instruction because in Taiwan we have very directly instruction or feedback, so yeah. I can know like if I really done my job good or not. The boss will tell you why you are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but in Japan, like they just smile and say, "Oh, it's good." But I, I it's don't good, know. but but yeah. there's always a but. Yeah, yeah, but but they didn't tell you the the truth, so. I feel like more stressful when I get this reaction. Yeah, so I, uh, you want to be insider. Uh, <laughs> 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 you still want to join then? I'm still trying. Yeah, I, I think would, it's like a like yeah. a people who don't have a lot of like self confidence or whatever make mm. it, it's really hard in Japan because it when yes. you feel the pressure from outside, uh, then you internalize all of that and uh, it becomes really tough. So what it is, is you have to grow these invisible antennae out of your head that all <laughs> Japanese people have, which allows them to read the air of situations. Kukiyoyomu. Yeah, kukiyoyomu. We've talked about this before, right? Learning to read the air. Oh. Such an important skill here, because if you're not able to pick up on the words in between the words, the insinuations, the word choice, the way that they say it, or just to know what's expected, because having to be direct is, is rude here. And you're putting them in a difficult and uncomfortable situation by asking them to be honest with you, basically. So what's considered most polite in a lot of situations is never to ask anyone to communicate anything, but just always to sense what is to be done in each situation. Or you can just do what you want, which is what I do. <laughs> That's not going to make you friends, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all depends on your, your, your tolerance. But if you're wanting to integrate with Japanese society... Um, I think it's a lot about anticipating other people's wants and needs and feelings without any explicit communication. And that's extremely difficult. I, I will yeah. say, though, I will say one caveat. I think that's an age thing. Um, younger people do not do that as much. I found a lot of younger, like 20, 30-year-old people are more direct and honest. So it, you can find people, but especially in a, in a work situation, it's very, it's much, much more pronounced, I would say. Yeah, the Japanese way is live in a constant, uh, constant state of uncertainty, and just you, you, you self, uh, you pressure yourself into always hoping that you're doing the right thing. So that's why, in a lot of ways, you know, it is a very tense. Like you, you mentioned, there's not that tension there when you go to bars. The tension's all in the office. Yeah, that's where they yeah, keep all yeah. their tension is in the workplace. And you could cut it with <laughs> a knife, right? And you've got to go drink gallons of whiskey every night to fight it off. <laughs> Okay, let's another topics we want to ask Ryan. Yeah. Why you have so much confidence? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... It, I, I think I see it's a good thing. I see it's a good oh. thing. Like, but somehow we don't have this much of confidence to, you know, survive in Japan. But, yeah. but somehow you can, you can tell yourself and you can even like spread to us. Like, we are the best. I am the best. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And it, it's, <laughs> this is a question that I have to ask myself all the time. Because people th say I'm really confident, and, but I don't feel confident myself. Like my own perception of myself is not confident. But I give off the air of confidence. And I would say my honest answer is because I'm a teacher and you have to be. Oh. If you're the leader of a class, you can't be un unconfident. If, you're, if I get like nervous in front of a class, then I'm failing my students. So I had to develop it. I would say professionally, I had to develop it. Is why I became confident. How did you train train yourself? Suffering, <laughs> suffering. suffering. <laughs> First weeks of classes. Yeah, I used to like shake my before my classes and be like really, really nervous. And then I just had to keep thinking about like 
I can't do that because I have people who rely on me. I have, you know, kids who rely on me to be like the, you know, the figure at the front of the class guiding them. And so I had to like really push myself to, to move through that. So I said, if you want to develop confidence, find a situation like that where you have to be the leader and you have to be, you know, I don't know. Now I can be a lead singer. I never would have been a lead singer before. Like that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I think that is, that is a kind of gift. Like you, yeah. you. I think you have some some kind of uh, uh, stage confidence. That is not everyone can have it. I think it's something that can be trained. Mm. Like I said, I didn't have it when I first uh, when I first taught. I really, really mm. did not have like any confidence in front of people. But it's being in front of people every day for my job has made me comfortable doing that. And then I've be become able to, uh, you know, talk in front of people, even on a stage or something like that. I see. So I think it's something that, yeah, it's it, it's trainable. Mm. Last weekend, we went bouldering with Ryan together. Yeah. And at the first hour, Jack and I is totally suffering because we didn't complete any route. And we are thinking maybe we are going to give up this exercise. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ryan can and then really cheer us up. And we complete three route mm. at that day so this oh. is a this is again from teaching i saw it oh. i read like i've been i've you have to read as a teacher when someone's not doing well oh. and i saw it on both of your guys faces i was like all right i'm gonna stop focusing on my stuff and i'm gonna help them because they need it oh. and i think it's something i trained as a teacher so yeah mm. if you want to be confident become a teacher we need more good teachers in the world <laughs> Yeah. Do, do you guys think that's an American characteristic or individual to Ryan? Do you find Americans in general to be confident? Or do you think it's just an individual trait? To be honest, we only have you two you of two. you. <laughs> American <laughs> friends. You are all confident. So. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think it's general. It Maybe it's general. It's general uh, in American? I, I think it uh, is. Like the Elon compared Musk to, thing. Yeah, compared uh, to Japan, I would say, yeah. Like Elon Musk, they shoot uh, starships. In, I think in Asia, we must need to ensure we success and we do that. But Elon mm. Musk is like, he did it before that he said, oh, it might be fail, but we can learn something from mm. this. Uh, it's quite a positive thing. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that culture of losing face can be can be positive, but I think the negative side of it is like you said, you're, you're afraid of failure, right? And failure is a really important part in growth. Anything you want to get good at, prepare to fail because that's how you're going to learn. And that's when I was teaching English, that's something I always had to especially focus on with my Japanese students. They never wanted yeah. to get an answer wrong, right? They always wanted to be right. And I was like, that's the worst thing you can do because they also take no risks, right? They won't use a new phrase or try out a new word because they only want to use the safe words that they know they'll get correct. And they're afraid of losing face and looking bad in front of others. And I think that's a really negative side of that cultural aspect. Yeah, it's a big pressure thing in Japanese school, I think. Um, what about in, in Taiwanese school? Is there a pressure to get yeah. like right answers? It's like yeah. tests really important. Yeah, similar. Uh, you you need to like spoke out uh, smartly, otherwise you don't spoke out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I I think in Japan also same. If you you need to do a project, you need to make sure it's success. Any failure will count on you, so uh, you need to consider every situation. And you we I think we don't accept failure. Yeah, yeah. interesting. And in your like school, your test is usually the multiple choice. Yeah, that's a big thing. There, uh, there's often half, half, half. It depends on the subject. Probably like math is going to have more multiple choice than something like English um, or like literature would all all be free answer. There's going to be a question. You have a space to write. 
Um, oh. But like, for example, I I studied English literature, and I had I can count the number of tests I had on on like my hands and toes in my whole college career. Most of it was like writing essays where I had to like、mm-hmm. think about really what I was doing, and you know give my opinion. And I I don't think that is is common in Japan.、Mm-hmm. What about in Taiwan? Do you guys like write like an essay that's like、no. really your opinion? No, actually every test almost have the standard. Uh, answers. Ah, yeah. There's、so、no multiple, yeah. Yeah,、uh, yeah. Uh, and I think big difference in the education, like maybe in American, yeah, you will encourage the student to like express your own thinking, but in Asia, we are more focused like、uh, the philosophy. Yeah, like oh,、uh, we keep chanting like you need to accept you are nobody,、oh, <laughs> something like that.、Uh, Don't be, be humble. Yeah, need、uh, to be humble.、Uh, you are、yeah. nobody. Keep、yeah. chanting like this. Yeah. yeah. Or the in in Japan, it's the、uh, the nail that sticks out will be hammered down. I don't know the Japanese. That's a translated phrase, but the, yeah, there's an idiom that's used in J- Japanese. The nail that sticks out will be hammered down, which、ah. means don't be different, right? Yes, you have to be flat,、yes. orderly, you know, same as everyone else.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pressure to fit in is definitely you know big here in Japan. I would say,、um, and whether you're standing out for good or bad reasons, right? Don't make your classmates look bad by excelling too high, and conversely, don't make yourself look bad by falling too far behind. Just be average, right? Just fit in,、yeah. keeping keeping the peace. And you know, it, it's like a lot of these cultural facets. It's positive and negative, all connected, right? We talked about how、yeah. peaceful it is here in Japan, yes, and that is connected to their desire for harmony, right? But then this desire for harmony has a dark side, which is that it doesn't allow a lot of room for individual expression or freedom. Yeah. And so, trying to harness the advantages of this desire for harmony and、um, how you can improve it, where where individualism could actually、um, bring some benefit, I think is the real art.、Mm. And then, oppositely, the the negative of too much individuality in America is you'll get people spouting their opinion drunkenly in your face in a bar and then fighting you about it. So <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, it's like either way, there's negatives, and the, probably the best way is somewhere in the middle. That's the tension come from. Yeah, <laughs> that's where the tension comes from.、Okay. Like it's not uncommon to hear people yelling about politics in a bar, I would say, or、mm-hmm. anywhere, anywhere you go. And in Japan, you would never hear that. That would be like, <laughs> be、I、insane. I see. Well, you would hear that, but it'd be two foreigners. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch another topic, Ryan. I heard you previously work in a kitchen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how's the kitchen culture in America? Oh God, talk about tension. <laughs> tension <laughs>、yeah. already.、Uh-huh. Yeah.、Um, Joe also worked in restaurants, I believe. Yeah. I did. Yeah. A, he was a, he was a front of houseer though, so that's a whole different. Yeah, we have two two sides to every restaurant. There's front of house and、I、back of house. Ah,、uh, yes, yes. Front of house is the waiters, the hostesses, the busboys, or somewhere in the middle. Yeah.、Uh, and then back of house is the cooks. The chefs, the dishwashers, the prep cooks—this kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's always a、um, there's an interesting dichotomy between front of house and back of house, but that's、so、white collar, blue collar. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. And the the, the <laughs> chefs are the white collar, and the other ones.、Yeah. <laughs> I see. No, they're all, they're always trying to fight each other. It's very it's very funny. I've actually worked both. I've been a bartender, and、mm-hmm. I've been a front of house and back of house. But、um, to answer your question, tension is huge in. Uh, restaurants. The、um, tempo is fast, or what kind yeah, of tension? Yeah, the tempo is very、mm-hmm. fast, and the、uh, the pressure that、oh. you get not only from your bosses but from the customers themselves is ridiculous.、Um, there's a there's a very big thing now in Japan where again, like the harmony, they they hate this whole thing that's coming up where there's、uh, 
people starting harassing staff in restaurants is, is something that's started to happen a little recently in Japan. There's like licking the sushi or whatever,、mm-hmm. and then beyond that. But like in America, that's normal where you have just customers harassing you is like a daily experience. And it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It's, it's working in a restaurant is very stressful, I would say.、Oh. I, I still have nightmares all the time about I'm, I'm waiting tables. One of my tables needs something. I get in my car to drive home to go get it. I'm like, oh, they're going to be so angry. They're getting really hungry. I'm like, why am I driving all the way home for this fork? You know, I still have these kind of nightmares.、Yeah. And everyone I know who's worked in restaurants has nightmares for the rest of their lives about it because the, yeah, the pressure is extreme. Yeah, the pressure is really, really extreme. Oh my Not、God. compared to like, you know, Anna, a doctor. I'm so hurt. <laughs> Because I thought America culture is like you can be yourself even if you are the staff. If you met some rude customer, you still can fight back. You know, Europe's more like that, actually. That's one of the things I love about Europe is when you go to Europe, the service there is like when we're ready, we will serve you, right? You'll get to the front of the line, the cashier. Maybe the two cashiers are having a conversation and they'll go on for like 60 seconds and、yes. finish their conversation.、Yes. They turn to you like, ciao. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love that, actually. I think it's great.、In、the United States. Not in the US, no. We, we are individualistic and we do are laid back compared to some cultures, but the service industry is not that way, you know? No.、Um, Customer is always right. Is kind、Ooh. of the phrase that's thrown around,、uh-huh. which leads to really bad customer behavior. Do you think it's the tips cultures? Yeah, I think that has a big part of it、uh, as well. There's like this feeling of I'm paying you, like, not only am I paying you to pay your wage, but I'm paying you extra money. So you have to do what I, have, what I ask, kind of thing. It's like, a, I would, it, like, service, it could almost be called servant. Meaning, like, there's a feeling of like you are beneath them. Yeah, there's a big sense of entitlement in the United States by customers towards companies. And the companies generally just give in to whatever customers want because they don't want to make any waves or create any problems. So, yeah, when it comes to the surface, service culture in the United States,、uh, it's. Yeah. Well, and I would say that, especially now, they have a lot of power with the modern. Like yelping or whatever is a big thing, or like giving a review. You'll get people will threaten to give you a bad review. And if you have so many bad reviews, it really impacts your business. So it's like something you have to kind of、uh, to deal with in the modern.、Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, they'll put a video of something up on you know, YouTube, it gives you a lot of bad press. It's it really, really hard. With, What with about、that. in Taiwan? What's service culture like there? Yeah.、Uh, I, I have been working in a night market. Oh. And night market is. We don't have tip cultures. I think it's quite comfortable. I, I serve in the front, front house. Actually, night market doesn't have front house or back house. <laughs> yeah, but、uh, I think, yeah, it's Sam. No, 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 not Sam. It's much comfortable than what you describe. So it's more similar to like Japan. Yes, yes. The, they are that equally, like the staff and the customer. And I also work in a, a high class coffee shop. I think it's similar. Like, like the, the customer, they keep, like, they don't eat many. Good foods, I will bring them to a bag and eat. <laughs> ah. I, well, an interesting question about this then.、Um, can you choose what you want in Taiwan? In, like in Japan, the, what's on the menu is on the menu. You, it's not like it's not make your own thing. In America, if you like, don't want something, you say, Can I have this without this, without this, but plus this? So you can really like, you get a hamburger that's、oh. on the menu, but you can kind of change it. Yeah,、um, we can change. You can change it. We are like very flexible. Oh, interesting. Like, like if you order the tapioca in, in Japan, you can choose what sugars、yeah. you want, like one third or、oh. uh, something, and sugar and ice, ice. and 
all the topping you want to add.、Mm. Yeah, it's just customized. Interesting.、Uh. Subway is failing in Japan because it's too customizable, and Japanese people expect to just have the menu decided. It's very interesting.、Oh. So that's why it's I didn't see much subway. Yeah, yeah.、Mm. A lot of them closed down, and、oh. I don't know exactly if that's why, but that would be my guess. Why is、oh. that?、Uh, it's too much option, and、mm. Japanese people expect to have a menu decided for them. Which,、mm. as, from the service industry perspective, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> like if I decide a menu, I want people to eat my menu. I don't want them to like you know make their own thing with it. Yeah, everything in the United States is customizable, basically, because、uh-huh. uh, a lot of people have dietary restrictions and preferences. Oh God!、Yeah. But it, it's interesting how it varies too. In you know, in Japan, for example, the restaurants are pretty laid back. The service that you get is, you know, in general, they're just kind of going at their own pace. Hotels, on the other hand, they look like they're under a lot of pressure, and service in general in those kinds of institutions, it looks it looks horrible. I mean, when when they need to get something for you, they run. To come get your bags, you know, lots of bows, apologizing for everything. I mean, I, I see a lot of Japanese people working in the service industry and hotels, especially under a lot of pressure. So it just varies. I, I wonder where that pressure comes from. If it's like Co- a corporate thing, corporate I guess. Yeah, yeah, bosses. You know, I mean, they do have a big service industry culture here of you know being very gracious and the customers right. But somehow in restaurants it's different. I don't know why that is. Like、mm-hmm. uh, Asian restaurants in the U.S. were famous for quote unquote bad service. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> like in the U.S., you know, we work based on tips, so you want to be friends with your table, right?、Mm. When you, if you guys come into a restaurant where I'm a waiter, I'm not just giving you your food. I'm going to design an experience for you, right?、Oh. I'm we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to recommend food for you, right? Like it, it's 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 a whole experience. It's not just this is the guy taking your order and bringing your food. It's I'm like your host for the night almost. Wow. Which is very different, and then you go to like a Chinese restaurant in my hometown,、uh-huh. and they're just there to bring you your food, and people consider that bad service. Ah,、oh. how about Japanese restaurant in the United States?、Uh, we don't have a lot of them, but、um, yeah, similar to that, they're just there to bring you your food, basically.、Oh. If less so, I think the restaurant in Taiwan they will provide good service. Oh, Sur- really? Service, yes. What's it like? More like conversations. Oh no, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah.、Like、how are you? Yeah, no, you strike up a conversation anywhere. Some some shops start to doing that, but people feel awkward. <laughs> don't don't talk to me. <laughs> I only want food. <laughs> That's the thing in Japan. Yeah, a lot of people don't、Same、really want to like. Yeah, they don't want to have. They don't want small talk. Just、yeah. be left alone, and that distance they enjoy, right? Yeah. Whereas in the states, for whatever reason,、mm. we want to be our waiter's friend.、Uh-huh. Not not all people, but a lot of people. They're yeah, there for again, a whole experience. Yeah, this is maybe why I I enjoy Japan. I hated. That <laughs> so I really like I really like to just order my stuff and then be done and go on about my day because <laughs> it's like I mean people call it friendly but it's superficially friendly、um, like I never really you say you want to be friends with people but I never really cared about my customers I cared about the money I was making.、Mm. Wow! <laughs> Thank you for being so honest. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Yeah, it was like I felt like a whore almost where I was like whoring myself out for laughs. <laughs> To get more money, <laughs>、uh, even though the restaurant, the, the staff don't talk to you too much, but the market, the people are super friendly in Taiwan. In Taiwan, we will say everything is negotiable, everything.、Uh, Interesting. Yeah, like、yeah. like if you go to any market shop, you can making a bargain, and if you go to a institution want to like borrow a book and it's already closed, you just negotiate. They will let you do it. Really? Yeah. yeah. So the people who are shy in <laughs> Taiwan will be blamed. Why you didn't negotiate <laughs> with them? <laughs> you can get better offer. 
That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super interesting. And we go to every shop. The owner will say, "Oh, handsome guy, please come to our shop." Handsome guy, your breakfast is done. That's the meme in Taiwan. Yeah, interesting. And how do you say handsome guy in Mandarin? Psycho. Psycho. Is that used for women and men? No, no, only men. Only men usually. What do they say to the women? Nothing. Nothing. What? Do they say 美女 No. No. Usually, why? Yeah, interesting. Right. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think uh, maybe the man is more need this kind of. <laughs> yeah, if you say if you say, "Hey, handsome guy, come to my restaurant," you'll get punched in the face. In oh my god! Really? <laughs> depending where you are, and depending on how they take it, or you'll get a completely different reaction. Okay, <laughs> we have this kind of meme that many guy, many boy, they say, "I love to go into breakfast shop because the, <laughs> the auntie always call me handsome guy." <laughs> Every morning. Oh man, sweet <laughs> girl. Yeah, sweet <laughs> girl. I would love that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, please, please come. I, I'm planning on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will bring the breakfast shop. They, yeah. and, and if they don't call me a handsome guy, now I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they don't call you because you are foreigner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you guys got any other questions for Ryan? I haven't heard a question from Anna. Mm. Yeah, Anna. Why don't you ask Ryan a question? And you have to, and you have to, and you have to ask him the question and call him handsome too. Like, so hey, handsome guy. Okay, handsome guy. Oh no, I feel like it's taking a turn. So, how do you think about the difference between the Asian girl and the like the Western girl? In what way? Any generally? Yeah, generally or any aspect. As a girlfriend, oh man, <laughs> so dangerous! Oh my god, so many people. <laughs> We can cut it if you want. No, keep it in. I, okay, okay. <laughs> He likes to upset people. <laughs> I have no problem upsetting people. Um, I, obviously, people are people. I think there's there's cultural differences, but people are at the end of the day people, and people aren't really that different. Um, but I would say that with there's problems with both. As far as like, or there's you know, there's problems with everybody, but there's problems with both, and with Americans, it specifically, it was like the I don't know strength of opinion, and that's going to really upset people because like, oh, women should, of course, women should have an opinion, but um, <laughs> the uh, again in America, it's like okay to like speak your opinion very strongly. And in a relationship that becomes hard, or in my relationships that became hard, we're just turned into fights all the time. Where I really appreciate in Japan, where people don't talk about their opinion, even if it's a problem, because <laughs> at least we're not fighting about it. Then the then if it's a big problem, then the relationship just ends, and okay, that's fine. But you may not know what happened. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need. I've I've long gotten over. Um, <laughs> Having to solve every single problem, I'm okay having a problem not be solved, and just be like, okay, that was a fun part of my life, and that's over now.、Um, whereas, like in in America, those relationships ended in a fiery, fiery hell <laughs> of fighting, and so I didn't appreciate that.、Um, yeah, any other like, <laughs> so so like lot lots of arguments. You're saying lots of disagreements, lots of back and forth, lots of drama, basically. Yeah, yeah, a lot more experience, a lot more drama. I I would say that's accurate、um, to my experience too. You know, my, my wife's Japanese, and one thing I really enjoy in our marriage is just the general peace. 
It's not saying we yeah. never have arguments. It's not saying that there's not stuff that has to be worked out, but we choose our battles, right? How much of the stuff that bothers you on a daily basis do you need to bring up, right? If you can let it go, let it go. If you can't let it yeah. go and it absolutely has to be addressed, address it, you know, have it. I think that's an important part of relationships is communication. But constantly bickering over details and things that don't really matter, um, yeah, that's not any way to live. So I, I can relate to some of that. And people fight over like the smallest of things. It's like... No, let's be clear. You're saying American women. American women, yeah. American, <laughs> American Americans, not just women, men also. Yeah, it's probably on the male side too, right? Fight over just the smallest of things. And it's like it's like the idea coming to a, a level of agreement was not something I ever found in American relationships. Uh, I'm but, sure, uh, but, you know, people do have successful relationships, but um, yeah. not what I found. <laughs> but this kind of like fighting for small things also very often in Asia culture. Oh, yeah. So can you give an example? What's the smallest stuff you can have argument? Like yeah. socks. Socks. Socks, oh. yeah. Or something like that. Like You mean toll-free socks? Or? <laughs> 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 no detail. No. <laughs> like, like cleaning up your socks. Ah. Oh. Uh -huh. Like instead of just throwing them, you know, wherever you want, like putting them directly in the, the bin or something like that. Even a small, small thing like socks can blow up into this massive, massive argument. Um, yeah. So in, in, in your relationships you've had with Asian women, this hasn't been an issue? No, it has been an issue as well, but it's, uh, it doesn't blow up. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I think Japanese... Their emotion is like they are pouring the water into a bottle, mm. and then they very enjoy that. Uh, the, you can feel the strength of the water, but oh, the, the tension water, at the top. Yeah, but water didn't leak ah, out. This is a very good metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's the art of their emotion, feeling yeah. right to the top. Yeah. yeah, they will let you know the emotion, but it will not leak out. Oh, oh. they really appreciate that tension at the top. Oh. Well put, Anna. <laughs> but that being said, I also haven't obviously had a very successful Japanese relationship. I'm, I'm single now, so I've only had relationships that have ended. <laughs> well, you're young yet, you know, you're, you're still... Am I? Yeah. <laughs> Relatively. Uh, I don't... My students don't think so, so... No. Well, his, his students think I'm his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we have another woman who works with us and uh, I just saw him on the street the other day they said oh look it's uh, so and so sensei's dad so all the students think I'm the teacher's dads because if they see a bunch of you know uh, westerners together in a school they just assume we're all in the same family <laughs> and I'm the oldest one so dad yeah I thanks, get called thanks, school dad, dad. no really problem son <laughs> you need guidance. to forgive us we are bad dads recognize people. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it goes both ways it goes believe both me ways, yeah. so yeah. so what else what are the other differences between dating western women and asian women have you dated women from other countries than japan or only japanese women no i remember a date you had with a taiwanese young lady dated yeah been yeah. on dates with yeah, but yeah, not, yeah. I, I i never got further than that how was that <laughs> it ended poorly so it ended poorly why uh, i don't know that's a well, this question. is a this is a podcast about the intersection between Taiwanese <laughs> and american culture and i think that's I the perfect example that's a really good question why did it end poorly yeah why I, did it end poorly i don't know because i really would, like because she wouldn't tell you if it's an american girl you'd know i really liked her and it didn't i try i guess i don't know i don't know i really liked her and tried to continue to date more and it, it didn't work out. we'll have so. to bring her on for an interview 
Yeah, ask her why. Yeah, it's, be not, very it's not possible. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> It'd be nice. Right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask her. I, I didn't tell her she should be rich or whatever you guys recommended. Yeah, yeah. What was that recommendation you gave me? <laughs> yeah, because it's the Chinese. I wish you're rich or something. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, sorry, it's the Lunar New Year. Lunar New Year. Yeah. yeah. I didn't tell her that. So I remember right. giving you a lot of advice before this date. And it was all horrible. It was all horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So probably best that you didn't take any. <laughs> so a- any other differences in culture you've had when it comes to relationships with um, Asian women as opposed to Western women? Um, I would say the, yeah, that the biggest one is the, uh, the fieriness is going to be the biggest one for me. Mm. Yeah. What about in in with you guys? You guys are obviously a couple. What do you guys <laughs> fight about little things? Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, or, we also fight with very little things, like the socks. Socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Socks are the relationship killers. Yeah, but the uh, we yeah we don't escalate too much. Mm, okay. We just do small com- complain. Uh, but because we are engineer, you know, we are like always like also. What's the problem statement? Please say. And, and what's your action <laughs> items? <laughs> <laughs> and what's the correction action item yeah. and permanent action item? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah. And what's your timeline? Yeah. Wow. Will 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 this happen again? <laughs> and does it does it fix the problem? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. Right. Yeah, sometimes. Not humans are yeah imperfect yeah. portion. It's difficult to engineering everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm trying. laughs> Wow, an engineer relationship. I had no idea. <laughs> it's a completely different language you guys are speaking. Well, so like, have you guys ever like yelled at each other? Like raised your voice to a yelling level? No. No. We don't do the drama things. Uh, mm. yeah. I would say that's very common in, in American relationships. Mm. Yeah. What about you and uh, your wife, Joe? You yeah, we, I've, talk, I've talked before about um, some of the challenges and some of the differences. Um, communication style is different. And it goes along with that needing to read the air thing. You know, she's yeah. not going to tell me she's angry until it's like a volcano level anger. Oh. And she has she blown up and yelled at you? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been together 20 years and married for 10 of them and have two kids. So it's impossible not to have, you know, yeah. some you have a few moments here and there on both sides. But I would say the biggest difference is, um, again, that since the smaller things are not being communicated, I've had to get better at reading the air, picking up yeah. on things, reading her body language. Um, knowing what sorts of things are going to upset her and just heading them off before they become an issue because I'm not going to find out about it directly until mm. it's too late and the volcano's already exploding. <laughs> Would you prefer more honesty? Uh, you know, I like a hybrid. And, and all these things that we're talking about, the strengths and weaknesses, the differences in cultures, I like a hybrid. I like to take the best parts of one culture, which is the general yeah. peacefulness of Japanese relationships where you're not constantly communicating everything that's on your mind, where you're genuinely trying to pick up on the other person's um, desires and anticipate what they may want so that it doesn't need to become an argument. But then combine that with the American direct communication style that when something is important and when you are upset that you just come straight out and say it so that you can deal with it and not have to constantly be walking on eggshells trying to guess what someone else is thinking. So I like a hybrid and that's what we aim for. It probably does work out better, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, we've been together 20 years, so I would consider that a successful relationship. How long have you guys been together? 10, 11 years. 11 years. So your, mm. your engineering style is also successful. <laughs> That's we good. are lucky. Yeah. 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 I think we uh. are lucky. Yeah. Because also some Taiwanese couple, they do a lot of drama. And, mm. uh, but I think Taiwanese also like to talk. Mm. Depends on people. But general, yeah. generally, 
also like to talk, so we don't do the volcano things. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> really? You'd say they're pretty communicative? Yes. Right? Do you think so? You know? <laughs> Your face says no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in, in, in my mind, I, oh. think, I think we don't, we don't do the volcano things. We will oh. communicate. Mm. Or that's our, that's oh, our way. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's a beautiful thing. And we wish the same for you, Ryan. Yeah, oh, I would be surprised. We hope you meet other people and then come back and share more story to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. No. we're we're all in long term relationships, Ryan. We have to live vicariously and through no, you and your and adventures. No. So yeah, yeah. that's well, your homework. I'll just I'll tell you I'll tell you, don't be jealous of people dating in the modern age. It's not it's not a not a happy place out there. <laughs> I think it's very lucky to have met, like you guys all met in college. Is that yeah? Mm. You guys met in, and you guys met in college. Yeah, I think it's much better or much luckier to meet in school, and that school time. Once you become an adult, it becomes much much harder to date. I would say. Yeah, I think so. If we met in the working mm-hmm. area, maybe it would be very difficult because at yeah. that time we have uh, our own opinion and all our yeah exactly I, I would be exactly. super defensive uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's really? the biggest thing is you have the more people you date the more experience you have with things you like and don't like so the more preference you build mm. so the earlier you get in a relationship i think the more successful it is that's interesting it's true younger people are more flexible like when i was in my t- early yeah. 20s college age i had all these different roommates coming and going you know lived in all kinds of circumstances and none of it bothered me now can't do any of that stuff you know the older you get the more specific you get about what you like yeah so, huh. and that happens i think that. with relationships as well well there's hope for you yet ryan no oh, <laughs> not getting any younger <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we will thank you for coming on the podcast yeah thanks it's for been, having me it's been awesome to hear your perspectives we hope we'll get to see you again yeah, I'll get working on your intro song. So. Yeah, work on our <laughs> intro song. Work on your homework. Okay? <laughs> Bring us a good story next time and we'll hear all about it. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. Everyone have a good weekend. See you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.